Well, hello everyone. Welcome to the week seven podcast. We had a wolf special two or three weeks ago. I'm delighted, delighted to welcome back Mr. Matt Wilson. We've got an Albion special today. Matt, thanks for joining us. That's all right. Absolutely fine. I think, if I'm not mistaken, you were on the week five, the original week five podcast, the, the, the infamous podcast that never was. So I, we haven't even heard from you for, it must be over, over a month now. Really. Yeah, it's been a long time. I think I was on week one and two. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I was here for week five. And it was a great podcast. We, I was funny. I was erudite. It, I was, it was one of your best ever. Was, I was analytical. It was brilliant. Joe Edwards was a revelation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and no Spears. It was just, just, just worked out brilliantly. No Tim Spears, the Wolves correspondent, which meant it was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh but unfortunately, it just got lost in the ether, didn't it? So uh, I'm looking forward to when we rediscover it in 20 years' time. I was going to say. And yeah. we can, you know, um, we can re- release it as sort of like Dil- sort of Dylan's time- basement tapes or something. Some sort of time capsule, the podcast that never was. So let's, let's, let's rewind back. Let's rewind back all the way to deadline day. Because obviously some clubs did great. Other clubs on the face of it didn't do. Now we've been West Brom a bit of a hiding. Yeah, I've heard in the last heard, few weeks. I've heard this, a lot now, of this you. isn't a West Brom bashing podcast, but it's you know, been it in the last few weeks. Well, I think warranted with with, with some some of the things that have happened in, um, in and out the club. Um, deadline day, talk me through it. Where were you? Obviously, you're a massive Albion fan first and foremost. Before you were a journalist, from, from a fan's point of view, it was obviously disappointing on the face of things. It was deadline day itself was. Um, apart from the fact that you know. Russ, our sports editor, got us pizza. That was brilliant. But yeah, that, that did, de- that was apart from that, deadline day was, yeah. I mean, the signing of Hal robson Carnu um, just smacked of a last resort. Mm-hmm. Um, this, that's no dessert. That's no, not to discredit Hal in any way. Um, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you should judge a player uh, after he's played some games <laughs> yeah. rather than beforehand, which some fans yeah. were doing. Um, but it did smack of a last resort. We can't. We could. They couldn't obviously get the strikers in that they wanted all, all summer, um, and they left them just with, you know, three options or two options mm. um, after they let Ricky Lambert go to Cardiff, which was the right decision. Um, and for and then Howe came in. It was a. It was a bit of a not farcical, maybe a bit strong, but it was almost a farce. The fact that he signed at sort of eleven fifty nine on deadline day, yeah. but it was a free agent, so he didn't need to do that anyway. Sure. Um, Alan Neom again um, an underwhelming signing but mm-hmm. with uh, the benefit of hindsight now um, you could say that actually the business that they did was rather good Chadley's come in and been fantastic um, he played a little bit too deep against Stoke at the weekend mm-hmm. uh, but he was brilliant against he was brilliant uh, in that game against West Ham uh, which was a massive release for everybody um, and he was actually very good against Bournemouth as well uh, so Chadley was 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 a good signing. Um, Robson Carnu is already a fan's favourite. He's got a fantastic chant um, that uh, I won't sing to you now. But um, <laughs> he's already a fan's favourite, and, and and he's looked good when he's come on. He's come on um, in in for the last ten minutes, and he's sure he's he's really really tried um, to uh, to run down those balls and, and work hard for the team, which is what Pulis wants. And he looks like a, a useful substitute um, striker. There's, there's no denying it. Um, whether he'll get the goals that. People want him to. I don't know, but um, and Neon. But I've been very impressed with Neon personally. He's uh, I've seen him in a, in, a, in a couple of under twenty threes games, but also um, when he started his first game against Stoke at the weekend, and, and he came off the bench against West Ham a week previously. And he looks like a really athletic fullback, um, full of power, full of pace, very dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, one of the one of the big criticisms that Pulis has had 
throughout his career really has been that he, he puts centre backs at full back um, and it is frustrating when you see Evans shunted at left back, left back yeah. um, but Neom looks like a, although he's a right back but Neom looks like a fantastic position well I was going to say jumping forward a little bit but were you surprised to see Galloway come out no I wasn't really um, I, I, I think Galloway's a great prospect um, he's also actually uh, according to Everton fans more traditionally a, a centre back but he looks bloody attacking for, yeah, yeah. for, for a centre-back but apparently he is a centre-back as well um, he, or he can play both he's versatile um, no but I wasn't surprised although he's looked very good going forward mm. he's looked a bit suspect at the back he got caught out a couple of times in the two games previously um, he gave away the penalty against West Ham um, his positioning is not, not spot on but he's only young he's only mm. 20 years old so he's a brilliant squad player for, for Albion to have and, and um, you know an upgrade on Pocognoli who was perhaps the squad player left back last season purely because Pulis will mm. play him um, he looks great going forward but yeah he just a bit suspect at the back so I wasn't surprised to see him um, dropped although the clubs claim it was because of a virus that um, that, that, that struck down Berahino and Galloway which is the reason why he was out but um, that you know they, they both did play a couple of days later for the under 23s mm. um, and uh, it might just be that that virus struck at the right time uh, which means that Neil will now be in, this, in the team well that that's positive but from a fan's point of view you want you want the club to be united and and what came out after deadline day with with John Williams who I haven't still haven't heard too much of I I would have thought that you would have heard more from him since since that the infamous statement and then Tony Pulis saying that he did it you know it was the wrong time to do it, it was the wrong statement it wasn't particularly true it just it just from a fan's point of view, it doesn't look good, does it? You know, I mean, new owners, new regime, and, and then mixed mixed signals going on. No, it doesn't. I mean, uh, pre-West Ham, uh, as we should call it, it things were bleak and um, the pressure was mounting. The rift between Pulis and Williams, um, that you know, Pulis or Tony claims it's it's been overegged a little bit, but there's no doubt that there was there was yeah. disagreements there. Mm-hmm. You can see that in the statement that he made that that John Williams made um, about uh, Tony wanted five and we got five, and from Tony's reaction to that, which was well, yes, but no, <laughs> yeah. you know, and and I, I think in that situation Tony was actually correct because. He's, he asked for five after the signing of Matt Phillips. So just, sure. just on a pure mathematical basis, yeah. it, 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 William's statement is yeah. false. John Williams, um, I've met him, but I haven't uh, interviewed him yet. I met him very briefly. Uh, he seems like a very down-to-earth, very solid, um, good guy. Who a, a Jeremy Peace kind of guy, potentially? Uh, no, not? I think he's no? a bit more dynamic than that. I think he's a bit more dynamic than that. I think he'd, be, he'd probably be more willing to speak to the to the press and speak to the fans. Um I think the statement was maybe slightly um, ill-advised or, 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 or just at the or ill-timed. Is probably the right the right words mm-hmm. to use to describe it. And we've been asking to speak to John Williams ever since then. Um, and I, I think you're right. I think it, I think it's time for somebody now that the takeover has been officially yeah. ratified, ratified. I think yeah. it's time for somebody. It's got, someone's got to step up, right? Just just to speak to the press. You say this is the plan. This is what we want to do. This is what we want to achieve. Um, obviously, the first. When they, when they when they first announced the takeover, mm-hmm. the club would say that when they first announced the takeover, they they gave us all that information um, in, in in their statements that you know this is this is an evolution, not a revolution. We want to take continue the, the the build on the solid foundations that Jeremy Peace has laid. Um, 
but obviously, you know, fans and and and, and journalists would like, mm. you know, I'd, I'd like to speak to John Williams and, and and see what he's got, see what he has to say. I do understand that he's only been there a short time, so it's only fair to let him get his feet mm. under the table, perhaps. Um, but yeah, looking forward to hopefully speaking to him soon. Um, I mean, it's not been forthcoming yet, but I'm sure it will be at some stage. You, you've got to hope so, especially when you look, you look, you know, down the road and you see Wolves. You don't think the new West Brommer is probably going to be having a drink with fans and, and having a pint and, and coming into the Express and Star offices and, and having an interview. You're probably not going to get that from this guy. So, so someone's got to step up, really, don't they? And like you say, put a front on it, put a face on it, and, and just maybe assure fans who, you know, are obviously some of them disillusioned, you know, albeit with you know, improving results, but at the same time, they just want, like I say, just that personable touch, which I think maybe Albion haven't covered particularly well recently. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. I think, as you say, Williams is is the face of mm. the of the new regime. Uh, Guoqiong Lai, the the new owner, is going to be spending most of his time in China, most of his time in Shanghai, um, and he is basically um, liaising with Williams each day. Um, Williams is 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 probably the guy who's going to make. Although the 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 final decisions on, on all the big. Uh, all the big decisions will will be with Lai. Williams is going to be the the guy that's going to tell him when and what and you know how to do it. And because sure. he's the guy with the football experience, mm. Lai said, "I don't have any football experience. I, I'm going to be listening to the, to Williams all, or Mr. Williams all the time." So um, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think um, the new chairman. Um, it would be good to see him and, and, and uh, for him to come out and, and speak to fans and speak to speak to the media. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's early days, um, and it does help that a couple of of, of positive results and one especially positive at the Hawthorns has sort of alleviated a bit of pressure. Um, the the thing is, Albion in the top half and all the teams above them, or the majority of the teams above them, are, are the big seven. All those teams with loads of money, and you have to say it's been a, it's been a positive start to the season on the field. The only issue is that at the West Ham game, um, when Albion you know, actually played some attacking football and uh, or helped a lot by some absolutely disastrous West Ham defenders. Horrendous, yeah. I've never seen carried, defend- it, carried it on as well. Honestly, I have never seen a team put all ten outfield players <laughs> in the opposition box <laughs> in the fiftieth minute. It's it was ridiculous. I've never seen anything like that in my yeah. life. Um, so they were helped by that. Um, but the the crowd for that game was only. I was going to say one of the record lows, yeah. 22,000. 22, yeah. The record low in the Premier League for a 3 p.m. Saturday kickoff and the second worst, or the second lowest, shall I say, uh, for a Premier League match. Uh, and I mean, if you're beaming that back to Shanghai, those, those I feel, are the stats that, that are as important, if not more important than results, to a certain uh, extent. I mean, I w- they, want, they want to generate money, don't they? This is the, this is the difficult thing, isn't mm. it? It's, well, no, th- you don't generate any money from gate receipts mm. these days. It's a, very, it's a small fraction mm. Of your uh, overall income, it's all from um, TV deals. Mm-hmm. So, actually, in the modern in the modern game, in the Premier League, certainly gate receipts don't matter too much. But it does matter if the stadium's half empty. I think yeah. if you're in the top half of the Premier League and the stadium's half empty, that is there's something wrong. But, but yeah, but that you know that 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 West Ham attendance was after a, a run of I think it was one win in 14 games. Mm-hmm. There'll be a lot more at the Spurs game in a couple of weeks' time, I'm sure of that. How close, was he not close at all, was Tony Pulis before that West Ham game to, to potentially being given the sack? Or was that all, was that all media reports? Was, that, was it overhyped? Was he, was he in a bit of trouble? I think there was definitely tension uh, between him and the board. I don't think he was ever going to walk. He, every time that's been put to him, he said no. Um, he said, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to walk. I've got, I'm going to honour my contract. 
Um, and I thought I thought reports of that he was going to walk were were, were incorrect. I, I couldn't I couldn't really ever see that happening uh, because he did it at Crystal Palace. And that didn't turn out too well for no, him. No. And um, I don't think he wants to be seen as 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 the as the manager who's walked out of his last two jobs because mm-hmm. then chairman will start getting a bit jittery yep. uh, about employing him again. Although he is, you know, possibly one of the most employable managers for, for struggling teams. Anyway, for sure, absolutely. Um, so I don't think he's ever going to walk. Whether, Mr. Allardyce, how anyway. close he was to being sacked mm. um, is up for interpretation. I personally don't think he was that close mm. because. Um, when the new owners came in, uh, and when the chairman came in, they said they said they they wanted to take a look at it. Um, basically, they wanted to assess what what was going on. They wanted to continue uh, building on what Jeremy Peace had laid the foundations of. They wanted, you know, this as I said earlier, they wanted to evolve it. They didn't want to make wide sweeping changes. That that. They're not going to do that. They're not going to promise the world. They're not going to make loads of changes. They're going to build it up steadily, slowly, but steadily, hopefully, from a base. Now, whether they are thinking about the fact that Pulis's contract is up at the end of the season um, and there might be a possibility in the summer of employing someone new, that might be an avenue that they, they explore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this moment in time, why would you sack Tony Pulis if you wanted to get an interim manager in before you got this brilliant manager who you wanted, who are you going to get in as that interim manager? Oh, Tony Pulis is the perfect candidate. Yeah. Um, so actually, he's exactly the right person to be in charge of the team at this point in time. Um, they're not going to make any rash decisions. No. And you never know if if, if results and perform more more crucially performances pick mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. He might get off another contract. It'd be interesting to see how he responds to that, but he might get off another contract. Um, but also, if things continue to, if crowds continue to dwindle, if um, results, if that West Ham result was was an anomaly and results continue to to be poor, then um, you could see them maybe looking testing the water, looking for managers over the course of the next uh, uh, few months. And trying to line someone up for the summer. Any um, names? Roy Hodgson being talked about? Well, Roy Hodgson was talked about, but I think I think that was very premature. Mm. Sam Allardyce is available now. If you I need doubt. Some. I doubt that would happen. <laughs> uh, I doubt. I doubt they'd uh, you know want to uh, be associated. I mean, not that I not personally. I didn't think Sam Allardyce did too much wrong there. Um, I don't think he's tarnished. Silly his, boy, though, isn't he? I mean, silly boy, but silly. I don't think he's tarnished his name too much. Uh, but you know, I think he'll still get a job. Oh, someone will take him. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in a Premier League job by the end of this season. No, I wouldn't. End of this month. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the Sunderland job. No, I think... Um, David Moyes to England. <laughs> maybe. I think... Uh, I don't think Albion would go there. They're, they're, they're too much of a... Um, they wouldn't have... They're too much of a sol- solid, safe club. They wouldn't appoint Allardyce, I don't think. Uh, not, not after what happened recently. They'd probably... If they were to make that appointment, it'd be a few years down the line. Is the money there? Because... If there isn't a money there, shoestring-wise, Tony Booth is probably great to manage, but is there money there to sign players, to, to sign big-name players? We've talked about that they missed out on a few targets. Come January, we're going to see this, this huge 20, 30, 40 million pounds spending spree. We still don't know too much about the owner, you know, Gal mm. Cannon, and, and, and is he worth, you know, the reputed, you know, hundreds of millions, billions, and if he's going to spend that, is he going to spend that on Albion? Well, that's the question, isn't it? I think he's, I think they've, I think it has been revealed how much he's worth. He's not worth as much as the 
the Fosun group down down the road at mm. Wolves. Um, but he's 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 worth a significant amount, um, and he's he's got the money to to buy uh, thirty million pound players. Say, he, he, and that that could possibly happen in the future, uh, especially with the new TV deal coming in at the end of the end of the season. Um, that's the interesting thing, you know. Actually, benefactors don't really need that much money because of the TV, the, the TV deal. Now, they don't need they don't they don't necessarily need to have the millions. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it helps if you're as rich as the uh, owners of Manchester City or the owners of Wolves. But uh, well, they had that money in, in this, this 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 deadline, and they didn't use it. No, no they didn't. No, it's, it doesn't come into effect until next year. Right. So they had no money whatsoever. They, they couldn't have spent. Well, same, well, they could have. Yeah, it was the same. I mean, amount. other clubs have spent. Spend big money, yeah, but they've they? spent on the provi- on the guarantee of next season. The, the the Premier League money doesn't the new TV deal doesn't come into effect. They don't get the money until the end of next season. Mm-hmm. So the big spending this year was that on the guarantee of next season. But I mean, obviously they still they still receive a, a hell of a lot of money this year from TV. Sure, but it's, it shoots up fifty percent next year. But uh, the money is there that that we've been assured that the money is there. Mm-hmm. Now whether he's willing to spend it, that's another question. Um, Albion have still got the same board, pretty much, apart from Adrian Wright, who's left as commercial director. Um, they, you know, it, they've still got Mark Jenkins and Richard Garlick uh, there, and it, it's basically still run by the same people, mm-hmm. apart from the fact that Jeremy Peace is, is it, but he's still at the club because he's yeah. in an advisory role. Yeah. So it's still the same people uh, behind the scenes, and they've always done it in this pragmatic, sensible, solid approach, um, and it's worked for them over the last seven years. Obviously, there's been some hairy moments. Um, you know, under several managers like Pepe Mel and Alan Irvine, but they've done it this way. I can't see them changing. I think Jeremy was always going to sell to a like-minded person. Mm. I think he's done that. Um, and I think what they're hoping to do is slowly but surely, as, as I said, build on the base that Tony Pulis has created mm-hmm. with this defensively drilled team, mm-hmm. get some quality in, whether that's in January or whether that's next summer, Get some more quality of the ilk of Chadley, uh, of the ilk of Rondon, mm-hmm. maybe something a bit more, even hopefully a bit more better. I mean, the fact that they were after William Carvalho in the uh, in the summer shows you that there is ambition there. Um, okay, the way that that transfer fell down, the way that the Ignacio Camacho transfer fell down was was controversial and probably a bit of a shame. But the fact that they're going after these players mm-hmm. um, shows that there there seems to be ambition there. Um, but you know, at, at the moment, their top, their top half, they're overshooting. Um, so you can't really complain. <laughs> no, I, I, absolutely. And I, I was, I was jesting with the boys last week. People saying that they weren't Tony Pulis's signings. Maybe NASA Chadley might be a certain signing. Maybe that was a Tony Pulis signing because I mean he's, he's done great, anti, and, and and probably way and above what what people thought. Obviously, we knew of him as as a Spurs player might have a good game. Well, I would have thought one in every three or four games is a good game, but they've, they've got some kind of some kind of consistency. Maybe they're, they're playing him in the right position, but it's exciting times and someone who. I think the Albion fans needed. Yeah, absolutely. He's been a massive breath of fresh air. It's only been three games, though. Remember, there's yeah. only been three games, um, but he has been he has been brilliant. And um, like you say, exactly what exactly what exactly what that team needed mm-hmm. a, a versatile attacking midfielder who, at home, was willing to be the number ten. Yeah. Um, away from home, can drop into midfield and, and, and set up. Uh, and, and do the work he, and he proved that against Stoke to be fair to him he, he was working his socks off against Stoke and he was running everywhere I mean he made a few uh, errors but uh, in possession but 
yeah, he's he's an exciting player, and and it and I mean, I personally, I would love to see him and Morrison on the same pitch in right. some way. Um, how would you how, how would you work that one in though? Well, I, mean, I agree, have, but maybe have Morrison um, further back. Uh, don't play two holding mids in, in, in Jakob and Fletcher. Yeah. And maybe have Morrison further back uh, in, in a deep line midfield role. I think he can play there. Yeah. I think he's got. I think he's got the ability to play. He's got the experience to play mm. there. Chadley in the number ten, and you know, um, Phillips and and McLean or Lecco on the wing. Yeah, I mean, McLean, McLean sightings. Yeah, I mean. You've been down on him a few times, haven't you? So, I have been his uh, one of his biggest critics, to yeah. be fair. I mean, he started last season brilliantly. Um, he was, you know, all-action hero all mm. over the pitch, mm. running mm. up the left flank, mm. and endeared himself to the fans really early on. But uh, he was he tailed off to the, towards the second half last yeah, season, something time. rotten. He was dreadful at the second half last season. Mm. His quality, and because he was tired, his quality dropped. I mean, he's not, he hasn't got the best... I wouldn't. I don't want to be harsh on the fella, but he's not the the most creative player in the world. No. At, at, I'm sure, I'll admit that as well. By me. any stretch, I mean he's, he's a hard working guy, um, but his quality dropped off towards the second half of last season, and, and he, he got dropped, and, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's looked fantastic st- uh, for the for the first few games of this season. Scored against Northampton. Mm. Uh, scored against West Ham. The, arguably, man, the match against West Ham actually he was brilliant. Um, it was between him and Chadley. So. Yeah, fair play to him. He's obviously worked hard and and, and come back. He's he's feeling good and feeling fit, and I'm I'm really pleased for him because he's 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 actually a very um, likable chap for all his controversies. He's actually a very likable chap because he works so hard and he, and he and he wants to do his best for the team. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm really pleased that he's he's found this run of form. Let's put the Berahino thing to bed now. He's not going anywhere until next summer, is he? He's not going to go in January. <laughs> never, I mean, you never rule out anything, but um, you, you have to say that compensation now, I guess. But then the agents talking about him maybe going somewhere in Europe. I mean, it's it's kind yeah. of mouse into constantly. I mean, those I've seen those stories, and, and yeah, that's the agent, you know, putting out um, reports that he's got he's interested in lots of clubs in Europe, and he probably has piqued interest in some clubs mm. in Europe. Um, but it's it's agent talk trying to get um, you know. Well, during the transfer window, it's trying to put the Willies up Albion to get, mm. to get them to sell him um, because Berrini doesn't want to be there, and and very few fans still want him there, which is which is sad because you know he's, he's been, a talented player, he's a talented player, and he, and he was the club's golden boy for a long mm. time. And um, I, I mean, I personally, I'm sick and tired of writing about him, but mm. um, he's. It, 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 it's a shame that he's lost it. He's lost it. What's more, what's re- what's a real big shame is that he's lost his form. Mm. I think he's got something like one goal in the last twenty league games or something, and maybe even worse than that. And that's a shame because I mean he scored for the under twenty threes the other night, and uh, I saw the goal, and it was it. He got a bit lucky because it just went <laughs> through the keeper. Um, it used to be one of the hottest finishes in the in the league, and he just seems to have lost all his confidence. And it's it's, it's sad because he's such a young. Bright spark. I mean, these should be the best years of his life. This should be when he's yeah. free, he's running up and down the pitch. You know, he's scoring goals. And I, I mean, I doubt whether we're going to see him start another fifteen games for Albion in a row, or you know, get a good run of, of games. I think that apart from maybe an injury to Salman Rondon, it's not going to happen, is it? Yeah, not when Rondon's playing the way he is at the mm. moment. He's he's at the other end of the spectrum. He's mm. on final cylinders, and he is a purist player, and he works hard. He's got a smile on his face. He's loving the game. It, complete contrast, really, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing about Rondon. He plays with a smile on his face, which you um, which you love. Mm-hmm. You love. You love seeing that. You love mm-hmm. seeing someone who's who's. Who's, let's let's be honest. He works ninety minutes. He normally works isolated quite a lot of the times. 
you know, could, many strikers will let, let their heads drop, you know, by the 85th minute. But that goal against uh, Stoke the other day just mm. proves yeah. what character he's got. Mm. You know, he, he practically headbutted uh, Johnny Evans out of the way. He was like, no, this is going to be my goal. Yeah. And the 91st minute, after yeah. after fashioning chances himself all game mm-hmm. and, and, and blazing them over as well, mm-hmm. um, I should add, that shows took responsibility. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. For, for someone like him to, to, to stand up and shoulder the blame, he's mm-hmm. becoming a senior player in that mm-hmm. squad now. Mm-hmm. Um, which is great to see because he's a senior player for the Venezuela team. Well, I'm going to say, I think that summer really helped him, didn't he, that Copa America? And I, I think really gave him the confidence. I mean, good social media, obviously, you know, one of the top scorers in the tournament. He's come back and taken that for me. He hasn't had that drop off that we maybe thought when he started joining. You could see that he's got, you know, during the season, he got his fitness, he, he got his strength up front. And he, he is, a, I mean, for me, I wouldn't want to mark him on a Saturday. No, he's one of the, he's one of the best in the league now at leading the line by himself. Mm. You have to say that. Mm. He really is. And, um, I think it's just testament of a good player when you see when you see how many of your friends have got him in their fantasy team yeah. and all of my pals are saying oh I've got Rondon I've got Rondon a decent cheap price I tell you yeah. he's cheap yeah. he's yeah. good I see I, I I have a rule that I don't have any Albion players although I do have Craig Dawson I don't know what I, <laughs> apart from him but I just because he's in my name actually he's in my name Craig Dawson oh, so dear me well that's why you're struggling if you've got it in your name and stuff like oh, that. that's I, not great I, don't don't ditch on That's Dawson. Great. Dawson's great. Dawson's a great player. Uh, yeah, but I think if you're going to go if you're going to fantasy, you got to go Johnny Evans because he is a bonus point king. Clean sheet, Evans two or three points every single time. Well, McCauley's got two goals this season, so you want him in your yeah, team. Yeah, it's true. I know, but they never know whether he's going to get rotated or whatever potentially. Nah, well, actually, funny you used to say that. McCauley probably will be dropped every now and then this season. He's uh, 37 in December. Yeah, he's going to go around a bit now, yeah. And Tony's, Tony said he's got to manage him, but it never, it doesn't, it doesn't look unfit. When you no, watch, no, when you watch no. It, you can't see his age when mm-hmm. you're watching the team play. So, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if he does, if he does even drop him. Um, but that will be, if that does happen, Tony's made a, he's, he's, he's bought in Neon, mm. which is a, uh, which is a contingency plan because you can move Dawson inside to centre back. Where Dawson still thinks he's a centre back, by the way, he, yeah. still, he still identifies as a centre back. Yeah. He still wants to play centre back, uh, even though he's played the last two seasons at right back. Um, and he's done, and he's and he's come on leaps and bounds. To be fair to him, uh, but you can move Dawson inside with Evans, and you feel that Dawson would learn a lot from Evans as well in that in that role in that mm-hmm. centre back role. And you can put Niam at right back. And if you have Galloway at left back, or maybe even Chris Brunt when he comes, mm. that's quite a, quite a decent, exciting defence mm. right there. How, how, how far is Brunty off? Are we thinking? Well, he's played a couple of games under twenty threes, and he scored a free kick actually on Monday night against Stoke. Um, it was I don't know what the the, the wall was doing there because he just seemed to like pass it into the net, but it was it was a good it was a good finish. But um, uh, he's probably a few weeks off still. Um, I spoke to him last week about it, and he said. You know, it was tough out there in, right. his, in his first game. It was tough. I'm not. I'm not ready to get into the first team action yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still a few weeks off. So mm-hmm. maybe next month. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't help having an international break because he wants to play games. He wants to get minutes. Um, it also doesn't help that Albion have been knocked out of the League Cup because that would have been ideal for him. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think he'll be. Yeah. Hopefully next month uh, mm-hmm. he, he might he might come off the bench for for a couple of. Uh, games. Good to get him back. Plenty of experience, and, and of course Gareth McCauley as well. One of the one of the young guns. When we talked about is Sam Field, and he can count himself a little bit unlucky, really, to have to have maybe lost his place and sit on the bench with with all these signings because he, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Really? Yeah, I'm going to gloat now because in pre-season I was talking up Sam Field. I was saying this is the guy. Forget Lico. Well, don't forget Lico. Obviously, yeah. he's a fantastic talent, yeah. and 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 has been and he set up Rondon's goal at the weekend. He's been a brilliant talent, but all the talk in the last season was about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in pre-season it was Field who really impressed me he's 
He's very got. He's got an old head on young shoulders. Yeah. That lad. Um, very calm. Very confident on the ball. Yeah. Wants the ball. Wants the ball. Mm-hmm. And which is amazing for an 18-year-old playing central midfield um, in a Premier League setting. Uh, that game against Borough, he was man of the match yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, he was good against Bournemouth as well. I, I, I think he was unlucky to lose his place, but. I'm going to bow to the uh, thousand. You can the reasons. I'm going to bow to the knowledge and the experience of the thousand games under Tony Pulis's mm-hmm. belt, um, because he said, "I don't want to burn him out too too young. Don't want to burn him out too quickly." And you've got to remember that there was a lot. There was a lot riding on that West Ham game. Yeah. There was a lot of pressure. Yeah. It was when it was when the chips were down, really down, and for him to throw an 18-year-old into that toxic atmosphere mm-hmm. was maybe not the best idea. Mm-hmm. So he went with a um, more experienced pair of Fletcher. And Jakob, you know, yeah. who will give you a good performance, although Fletcher's been a bit off this <laughs> he's been a bit he's been a bit off this season, I must yeah, say. But yeah. but they're experienced guys. Yeah. And Chadley in that number ten role, it was the right decision, really. Point blokes out there, didn't he, really? Because that, that could yeah. have that could have got nasty potentially, especially after the Bournemouth game. I mean, all the signs were there, weren't they? That this this was a, a pivotal game potentially in this season, albeit so early on. Oh yeah, lose to West Ham and, and they're, you know, the 22,000 fans that did turn up <laughs> yes. were going to turn. So um, I, I, I thought that was the right decision. You've got to remember Sam had also played two games for England under 19. Sure. So um, I'm sure he wasn't, I'm sure he didn't feel tired no, at all. No, Because he's a young guy and yeah. he's probably very fit. But it's good to get, you know, and, and Tony's always said this, he said this to me about 12 months ago about about his ploy with the, with, with, um, the youngsters is drop him in for a few games, take him back out. Mm-hmm. Drop him in for a few games, sure. take him back out. Get him, don't, because week by week in the Premier League is gruelling. Mm. I mean, James Morrison said that to me the other day. He's like, it's really, really tough sure. now. It is gruelling because of the pressure, the amount that is riding on every single game. The focus. The you focus. make a mistake, it's all over. You're getting analysed on a Sunday, on a Monday night, on a Tuesday. Yeah. You know, it's, it's on, it's on, especially on a youngster. It's like on you Twitter. It's being vined yeah. on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's being shown on BT. It's sure. a match of the day. So, um, but the good thing about Sam Field is that he seems to have his head screwed on very, very well. He knows he's, he's very humble. He's not expecting anything. Um, he's very pleased to be in this team. Um, you know, rightly pleased. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the best thing is, he's, he's, he's an Albion fan as yeah. well, lifelong Fantastic. Albion fan. So it's a great story. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about Sam Field. Um, They've got him on a long-term deal. Yeah, long. He's he's there for 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 the foreseeable future. You know, I, I don't think he's going to move away. He's playing for his, his childhood club, isn't he? Mm-hmm. But um, uh, yeah, Field, Leco, and and uh, and a quick word about Kane Wilson too. Sixteen mm-hmm. year old. Mm-hmm. He's 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 built like a bloke. He's got you know big legs, a big bum. He can <laughs> mar- He can barge players off the ball. He's yeah. he's he's another really really um, impressive young talent who. Uh, look, who looks like he could break his break his way into the first team in the next two or three years? You know, the, fu- the future is bright. To be mm-hmm. fair, the future is bright. I say, it's, it's, like you say, it's a crazy turnaround, and so much has happened over the last month or so. Um, one thing we didn't discuss last week were, was Tony Pulis's thousandth game. You know, going to Stoke. Of course, it was going to be against Stoke. It's just unbelievable. But delighted that they got that point uh, back at you know right at the end of the game, and a fantastic achievement for for really a, a wonderful manager. Well, I mean, wonderfuls. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, from an FA point of view, and just you know, yeah, legit yeah. stand-up kind of a guy. Don't you, ask the Albion fans that. You but. have to, you have to respect that that longevity. That thousand games is is a fantastic achievement. I think um, it means a lot to him as well. I think it means a lot to him. Uh, you know, he's he's that's twenty four or twenty five years now in the job, um, and fair play to him. Wherever he's gone, you you if you look at his career, mm. apart from. The fallouts he'd had with um, chairman at, at Crystal Palace and, and the chairman at Gillingham, he, had, he, he he's gone into clubs 
and he's improved them. Well, he's improved their position in the table, I should say. He's he's left them um, in a better position than they were when he when he arrived in, in pretty much every single case. Um, and he's you know the well known stat that he's never been relegated. Um, you just have to look at Stoke and how well they did under Mark Hughes initially. And now that all those all that back line, apart from Shawcross, who's still there, that back line has di- disintegrated. Yeah. And the defensive, um, you know, tendencies stability, that yeah. stability that Pulis drilled into them has slowly eked away, and now mm. they're struggling. Mm. I don't. And I don't really. I don't think that that is a coincidence. I think that yes, there are weaknesses to Tony's game. Yes, it's not always the most exciting to watch. And yes, it's it's. Quite a damning indictment that 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 crowds are dwindling so much at the Hawthorns, but you can't deny that he just win point. He win. He knows how to win games. He knows sure. how to draw games. He knows how to pick up those points. Like at Stoke in his thousandth game, there wasn't. There, I mean, I think I said in my match report there was hardly a could hardly have been a more fitting way to mark <laughs> no. his thousandth game than an injury time set piece equaliser. It was just typical Tony. Yeah, typical Tony. And they go to, to the Stadium Alight, absolutely having a, a stinker there, Sunderland and David Moyes. And I guess no reason why they can't go there and, and carry carry this little bit of form in. There's no reason why not. Um, Sunderland are due a win, though. And that's, they are. that's the thing. They Sunderland are. are due a win. And you, if you were another team, you would say, you would earmark Albion at home. This game, for this sure. This is a game that we are going to target. Mm-hmm. Um Albion got away with it at Stoke last that last week. They, that, you know, they had that ninety-first minute equaliser, which meant they didn't give Stoke their first win. But I just wonder if this might be the, the game when, you know, Sunderland actually bucked their ideas up. They, they've lost um, Yanazai to injury, unfortunately for them. Um, but that's probably good news for Albion. Uh, but Jermaine Defoe's the one I'm worried about. Sure. He he really really looked a handful in, yeah. a, in April when Albion went up there, and uh, it was only Ben Foster really that kept him out. Um, uh, the Baggies were really lucky to come away with a point there. They didn't have a single shot on target against Sunderland. It was a bit of a dreadful mm-hmm. performance, really. I think Albion have improved since then. Um, I think they've they, you know, they've got, and that's the one thing I will say about the, about this team. It looks like a better team than last season already. Um, based on the signings so um, I think they've improved It'd be gr- I mean I've predicted an away win uh, in, in the paper but you could see Sunderland nicking it as well because it, they've got their backs to the wall and David Moyes had that call to arms where he said these players need to stand up and take responsibility and I think a lot of them will actually respond to that maybe um, and I'm worried about Defoe flitting around Johnny Evans and Gareth McCauley I really am Matt it's been a pleasure Oh, talking away, 35 minutes in, uh, we've missed you. Please come back. I will do, yeah. It's, it's been great to do this. Um, like I say, I probably, in the lost one, the one that was lost, I yeah. probably said a lot more, which was a lot better put, but there we go. Uh, and you're going away? I'm going away this weekend. I'm not going to be at Sunderland, Unbelievable. I, I mean, I, I didn't plan it. It's just a happy coincidence that I don't have to do the long trip <laughs> to the northeast. But I'm uh, I'm off to Barcelona this weekend for a scouting mission. Seeing a yeah, I'm going to go excellent. and check out this guy Suarez. Um, he's useful, I think. Apparently, he's decent. Yeah. Actually, we're going to an Espanol game, so maybe, are you? Yeah, so maybe I'll, I'll. I don't know who they're playing. They're playing Villarreal, but we're going to an Espanol game. So yeah, me and the the guys. It's going to be a tasty stag do, I think. <laughs> Good God. Well, hopefully you come back on the podcast next week and we you can discuss uh, events and, uh, and and we'll see what you got up to. Yeah. Fantastic. Maybe not in video format. Absolutely not. 
Jen, it's been a pleasure. Uh, West Brom special. Hope you've enjoyed it. At ES underscore podcast one, tweet us or podcast at expressestar.co.uk. Please email us your questions. We'll be back with Mr. Spears on Friday. Have a great one. Take care. Bye bye.